G'day, this is the EVQuest podcast. I'm Adrian Maidmit. Here in New Zealand, it feels like the BYD brand has come from nowhere to now be a major player in the EV car buying market. Specifically, the BYD Addo 3 has become hugely popular with a host of positive reviews. With this in mind, I wanted to talk to some Addo 3 owners to find out what their experiences of the car have been since purchasing it. So in this episode, I'm talking to Addo 3 owners Neil Johns and Matthew Parkin. We'll be talking about their reasons to buy, positives, any negatives, plus some general tips for first-time buyers of an EV. Hello, Matthew and Neil. How are you? Th- thanks for your time. I guess um, just from being in the group, I'll start out. What seems to be the most important thing is I have to ask what color your car is. It seems to be the most. Everyone's hashtag a color. So uh, I'm gray. I'm gray and tip white. Yeah. Which is always kind of a white gray. Um, so we're just going to get some ideas about how the car is to like actually own after you're buying it. So maybe we're just going to get your own experiences. Um, maybe Matthew to start. Um, yeah, I've, I've not had any, I've not had any issues. I've, I've loved every moment. It's the first EV that I've ever driven. So I've not even, you know, hired or experienced an EV before. Um, the dream was always to get a Tesla, but. In my mind, it was I wasn't going to buy one until it got down to fifty thousand. Um, and yeah, at at the time, I was looking at a um, um, a, a, a Leaf just to experience it, just to see what it was like. And uh, the person I bought for uh, that I bought my previous cars from, um, uh, the that dealership was closing down, and the salesperson was going on to work for BYD in Dunedin here. Um, so he says, "Give it a try." and yeah, it was at that price point of fifty thousand, so it was exactly where I wanted. Good range, and yeah, it's it's everything I've expected, and and quite a bit more, really. And Neil, oh, sorry, and Neil, how did you uh, you sort of new to EVs as well? Yeah, um, similar story to Matthew. Um, the the kind of premise behind it was pretty much a financial one at the time. Um, my wife does. Every other week, about 800k on school runs. And um, yeah, so we're looking for something, you know, with everything that's going on in the economy. Okay, so how could we had a few other things that we were looking to, to address as well? One of them was our fuel costs. And yeah, so it started out being uh, an economical decision, um, but but has kind of developed. And I guess most people, and Matthew might contest to this as well, into, you know, becoming a, a bit of an advocate for EVs because. The, the knowledge incline that you go through being a new EV owner is pretty steep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I, yeah, it's amazing how you, you hear EV and you think they're all the same until you learn the differences between, you know, the different battery types, the different range, the different charging speeds. There's so much, but once you understand those that info, um, it, it, yeah, it becomes far clearer, you know, what one's going to suit your needs um, because they are all quite different, really. Yeah, and having charging solutions is massive as well when you're first buying an EV to understand AC and DC and the kilowatts and the amps and, you know, what's uh, fit for purpose for how you use your car is quite daunting initially. 
Yeah, I find it all confused. Uh, was there a key reason why you went with the um, the Beato three? Apart from maybe the price, just the price, because there's a few others now in that sort of price range, isn't there? I guess it's you, you asking Adrian. Uh Neil. Um, okay, so our story was we what we wanted was something that I said about the school run that could um, diminish the cost of that. We wanted a four-wheel drive, a tow bar, and seven seats. So went and um, drove a Outlander Fev, because on the face of it, that could work. You know, do one trip at about 50, 60 Ks, and then come back um, and charge it, and then later on in the day, do the school run again. Um, and then you've got the backup of the fuel for the longer trips, right? Because at that point, there was no Atto. So the choices really were, you know, by and large, within um, budget, a Tesla or a Leaf. Um, went and drove it. The seven seats weren't seven seats. They were they were pretty much unusable even for children. But then we started looking, going down the rabbit hole. Uh, went and looked at uh, an EV6. And the salesperson wasn't interested in even discussing it because there was no stock at the time. And we went and looked at uh, the new Leaf as well. And to be fair, at that point, if the salesperson, it was smashing it down with rain and they're about to close, if they got us in the car, we might have bought it, interestingly. Um, so we'd already started um, kind of diluting our wish list, going, well, we can't get seven seats, we can't get four-wheel drive, so let's work out what we can get, and then we'll work a solution around that. And then I decided to start looking, came home, started looking at MGs, at the MG EV, and then someone mentioned about the Atone. Like most people, had never heard of it. Our car was in the first 20 cars registered, so we were pretty early on and yeah and, th and that was kind of it and then the facebook group came up and joined that and there was a heap of media from around the world and youtube clips and decided that ever seeing it or driving it the the, the right path for us so it's a bit of a strange journey really to spend 50 grand up there never never drive it yeah they've done an amazing job but yeah like people not knowing anything about them and then you're going wow that's the car for me not, it's a bit different to the usual knowing a brand well before you buy it. Yeah. And Matthew, what about you? How did you come around to? Um, the the fifty grand is what the the price saying of fifty grand is what got me interested. Um, to at least give it a test drive, but I was pretty skeptical. Uh, Chinese brand, never heard of it. You know, it's like, is it going to be an AliExpress wish type vehicle? You know, where it looks good in the marketing, but it's a bit second rate actually in the car. Uh, but once took it for a test drive, it I, I previously had a 2015 Outlander. Um, I've had a VW Golf before that. And the Addo drove better, felt better. It was quicker than the Golf with turbo. You know, it, it had everything. Um, and then that, the thing that sort of sealed it for me was um, most banks, or at least my bank, ANZ, was offering... 1% lending on you know, any green investment. So 1% lending to me, I, I had the savings for the car, but the fact that I get three years of 1% lending, that's, I worked out about $9,000 in interest where my savings can remain on my Flexi mortgage. So I'll offsetting interest, uh, that's an extra nine grand that went to the purchase price in my mind in three years time, I'll, I'll, you know, that's gonna help pay for that. So once I started doing the numbers, um, and, and in fact, during the warranty period of the car, 
it's it's going to pay for itself uh, considerably if petrol prices don't go up. If they go up over the next six to eight years, then um, it's it's going to pay itself off even quicker. So once I worked that out, it was like I can't keep driving an internal combustion, even if the green movement wasn't a positive thing. I still would have done this because um, it's going to save it's going to save me money in the long run. And then at the end of it, if the car is dead in eight years, the battery, I'll put it in my house and I will use it there, and that will recoup any remaining money if there was anything because the home batteries are just so expensive anyway. Um, so I've sort of got a plan B if the car in eight years is just not drivable. Uh, but I'm interested to mention the Outlander map because. I said about changing our thinking. So our main car was a Kia Sorento 7 seat diesel 2015, and that did everything we needed it to do. So our compromise was we bought the Atto, and then we bought a $2,500 2007 Outlander that does chuck the dogs in it, drive around the section, tow things. So we realized, like, really, that, that those bits and bobs were 5% of our time. So invest in the main purpose of what we wanted to yeah. use the vehicle for. And you're right, it drives so good. I've driven today for 10 hours non-stop apart from charging in it. And I drove the same on Tuesday and it's just a joy to drive. Yeah, it, it is. Not a long trips have never been so uh, easy. Like the, the lane assist and the cruise control, I don't even overtake on trips to Christchurch. If I get stuck by a camper van, I'm usually quite excited because if I'm averaging 70 to 85, I know my range is actually improved so again it's more efficient and the car keeps the distance for me it keeps me between the lanes on the open road um it's just i just sit there enjoy all i'm going to do is look out for idiots on the road that's that's all i have to worry about because a car for the most part does the rest of it for me and i'm a bigger guy too and the seats are probably the most comfortable car seats i've i've had in a car anyway um the it's, it's quite good what is what is the range like in the real world for a big Depends what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, for a big drive, like when I went from Dunedin to Christchurch, I had to stop for 14 minutes, and that would get me to the to the destination with 10% left. Um, so, and that 14 minutes, the the one time I've done it, um, it took me 17 minutes to get my coffee, have it, drink it, and and use the bathroom. So, the stop that I would have normally done in my Outlander, um, I did in the the addo and the charge time was less than what I would have normally stopped for anyway. So um, it, it, it added nothing to my trip, but it, the trip was one third the price. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd say normal use for us, um, you know, a mix of kind of 80, hundred, that kind of stuff is around 400 in real life range. Um, although I did get caught out on Tuesday and we, we made this trip many times from Northland to Capti and back. Um, but I was on my own without my wife, who normally does the uh, the Waikato Expressway stint. And I was a bit heavy-footed trying to escape the cyclone. And I crawled into Taupo Hypercharge with 2%, and the car went into limp mode. Um, but luckily, because it's a, it's a climb, uh, you know, you don't realize driving an ice car how how much climbing and, and going up and down is the regen. So, yeah, going down into Taupo for 7Ks saved me from a, an embarrassing fate of being um, recovered, but yeah, there's a bad calculation and there's bad driving on my part, but norm normal use, I, I, I think best would be 4 420, average for us 400, 
worst case normally would be 360. That's my maths when I'm working up. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, is there sort of something you really surprised how you you enjoyed as a, you go, well, it's, that's surprisingly good compared to what I thought it was going to be like when I bought it? Or is it, or a standout feature? Probably voice activation. I don't know about you, Matthew, but that wasn't with the car. That came over the air update. And, and that, well, actually, I'll wrap that into a bigger thing. The fact that the car evolves because every update brings new, it's not the car you buy is not the car you're going to have for forever. It changes because more features are added. But it's kind of cool to open the roof by saying open roof. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I know I had that. That came out in the update about a week before I got my car. So when I got mine at the very end of October, I had that from the get-go. But it, it was, yeah, I, I have enjoyed doing that one. Yeah. I mean, I think the spinning screen is a novelty factor. Yeah. It's cool. I don't, but I, do it. I don't really... I need it time to time if I'm split-screening with Satnav, with Spotify, um, just the way it looks. Um, I see. I find that another one... Sorry, you go, Neil. Um, that it pulls about um, 90 kilowatts initially on the, the charging curve. That was a surprise because I think it's supposed to only pull 60. But for no, the first 80. kind of... Yeah, 80. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it pulls about 89, eh, initially. Yeah. Some hyperchargers, which is cool. Um, yeah, that was a surprise. Oh, I knew anything about what that meant at the time, but... The, the rotating screen, it... It, it is to me it's a it's a complete novelty because um although i prefer navigation to be in portrait um most people have polarized sunglasses so their screen goes completely black when you actually rotate it so unless i want to give up polarized glasses which i'm not going to do because of the glare off other cars um you pretty much can't use that screen but i do use it when i don't want to see the screen when it's you know, overstimulating, or I just don't want to see it, I will rotate it just so it blacks itself out, um, and I don't see it at all. It's an easy way to turn it off. I've got, I've got another one as well. I've done, you've had it, Matthew, but if you ever come to an emergency stop, like if you're in traffic and you anchor up the brakes really quickly, car kind of takes over. It's a strange feeling, and it stops you so quick and puts the has bites on for you. It just does all this stuff to protect you. And, um, yeah, I was pretty surprised when that happened twice, even the second time, like, after being through it whilst it's, it's a, it'd be hard to crash that car. Any, um, negatives from the, of the car? Uh, I would say the only negative I've really found, and it's not overly a negative, it is the, uh, alerts when you're in Dunedin, we have a lot of very small streets, winding roads and small, very tight streets. So there are certain streets in Dunedin where when you go up them, uh, it will indicate to cars on your left that are parked. Um, no matter what you do, it will beep, beep, beep. Just to let you know that there's a collision on the side coming and you cannot use cruise control at all in those areas because it will just slam on the brakes um, and slow right down. So uh, I've learned the cruise control is really not useful except on main roads or or the open road um but yeah that the the beeping i'm used to it now but yeah i i know there are there are three or four corners i constantly do and it beeps every single time no matter how i take it it just i don't know if it's the angle 
or the way the cars are parked, but it will always beep to let me know that there's a car there, which, you know, I'm used to it now, but that was probably the one thing that annoyed me at first. Yeah, I've had a very similar thing, and it was just with a, I was staying at friends, and there was a blue car on the corner. So whether it was the corner or the color of the car it was picking up, I'm not sure. Um, I've had a pretty violent um, correction from the safety system with the lane keep assist um, once, which was kind of weird. I mean, it wouldn't make you unsafe, but it's kind of strange that the car's driving more than you are. Um, other than that, the, I mean, it's only a slight niggle because that anything software can be updated, right? We know that about the car, but from a hardware point of view, I'd really like to have um, a thumb button on the passenger side to open the doors as well. Um, but you know, it's not a biggie. I'm, I'm fit enough to walk around a car, but it's, you know, I will get keys out of my pocket and press the button, but yeah, I'm just, I'm used to having a passenger, you know, the little button that you click on the, the handle to open the, the car up, but the app's coming, um, in a couple of weeks anyway, so you can do it from your app. I think the app will make a big difference. Um, I'm trying to, trying to be really um, picky here. Um, the cup holders, maybe, but we could be by the rally for Yeah, the cup holders are awful. Like an adapter. Fit, for, yeah, you cannot fit two BP coffees in the cup holder. And for some people, that might be a big thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think probably the other thing, I mean, I don't know if you guys um, recall, but it was a surprise that it came with heated seats. So it was a big deal at the time. So I don't think it was intended to come with heated seats, but I would have liked them to put cooled seats in as well. The software sure is it too. I, yeah, I live in Northland, so you know it can get hot in here. Like the car gets really hot. Like if it was left in sun, even the blind clothes and all that, it it can be um, touching the steering wheel can be pretty nasty if you're in thirty degree heat. But we're in New Zealand, right? So it's, it's not a biggie. But I mean, we, I'm really nitpicking here. Like I don't, I don't talk about that stuff with friends or someone goes, what's your car like? I wouldn't even think to mention it, but as soon as you ask, you know. Yeah. What about a lot of people within that Facebook group see they have 12, the problem with the 12 volt battery charging, is it, is it a thing? Oh, just, well, someone ran a poll and I think of the people that answered, spare mind the samples biased because people are more likely to answer if they've had a negative experience. It was something like 7%. Oh, okay. Um, I, I've not had anything a week, uh, one of those little charger packs that you can jump start the car just in case and um if people are watching this don't keep it in your boot because you won't be able to get into it unless you crawl through the seats yeah i've got mine in my boot thank you for time yeah well they love their power right um but not had any issues and from what i can make i'm pretty careful the car's charging at home we lock it if it's just sat there i lock it and we live on a, a lifestyle block so we don't lock in this uh uh, so just to be safe and yeah, not have any issues. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, maybe just as a, for someone like just getting into the, looking at an EV now, what's you think a couple of key points people should know about just generally looking at an EV for something, is it the batteries or the, I'd say understanding how you use it and what's the appropriate charging solution. I think there's this mindset of trickle charger or a free grand wall box. And there's other options in between as well. Um, so always try with a granny charger that comes with the car first and, and learn. Like if, if that'll work for you, then that's fine, you know? Um, Cause I think that's a quite a big barrier for people to get their heads around 
knowing petrol and how many liters per hundred k's, you know, and all that stuff, and to kind of re-educate yourself into how long it takes to charge, you know, how you charge, what you can charge to, how the car works around charging, how volts and amps work. I'm not making it sound really complicated. It's not, but once you understand it, it's very, very simple. But it's getting through that that curve of. And I remember when it, when we went to look at this leaf, I was asking the sales guy like. Well, how does it all work then? You know, because we've never had an EV, and um, he gave a very convoluted explanation. So I think there needs to be some dealer communication, or more more so around not just charging at home, but charging on the go as well, like how that works and how you would charge and what gaps you would use, and to give some scenarios based around like a good salesperson should say, "How will you use the car?" And then they should say to them, "Okay, in that instance, this is how I would um, look at." charging it at home and this is how you know if you're going on trips where do you go and this is kind of how i would do it it's a good point yeah the um the state of the charging network around the country is also very much in an infancy stage like it it it's barely able to handle like you look at the charge net map and it's mainly all green except in the holiday time so but the problem is that i've discovered multiple times where an icon will show as green, but you get there and it's not working. It doesn't start. It's not saying it's faulted, but it still won't charge. And, you know, you don't actually know that until you go to something like PlugShare, where you can see other car owners, other EV owners who have tried that same day going, yeah, it's not working. I've tried it. I've reset it. I've called ChargeNet. Um, so I think that uh, that was another reason why I went with the Addo is I needed the range to give me some level of security because I honestly would not charge, I wouldn't trust um, charges to be active. And, and I don't say that because they're all faulted, they're not, but you know, 50% of the time I have to uh, unplug the charger and put it back in the machine and plug it back in again. So there, there are still definitely teething problems from that point of view, but because I've got a home charger, a wall charger, 95% of my charging is seamless, it's simple, it's cheap as, you know, $9.50 for a full charge, which gets me over 400 Ks, so incredibly cheap. Even when road user charges come in, it's still going to be incredibly cheap, but the, you know, we've got BP rolling out charges, uh, Z is rolling out charges, uh, Meridian are doing it. it. Sadly, it's all in the North Island or Christchurch and up. We're not getting a lock down here in Dunedin or below Christchurch, um, but we need more charges and I'm hoping service stations are going to come to the the party with this one because they've already got the forecourts, they've got the toilets, they've got the, the food, the drink, they've got everything to be both petrol and uh, EV charging and eventually they will be able to transition away from petrol and just be EV. Um, but that, that, to me, when I bought the vehicle, I wanted the range so that if it charger was out i'll go to the next one whether it be busy or faulted or whatever i'll go to the next one because they're every 75k pretty much around the country so there's always a charger somewhere um but it's nice to be able to go to the next one if the one that you just passed is occupied or not working so that's probably matthew what i've learned so like today i had three options before getting to taupo i could charge in mangueka uh, and what order was it? Thai Happy or Wairuri? Um, what I've learned is if you try the first one you get to first, 
always. Yeah, don't always, Coco. Yeah. I want to go to Waiuru because that's convenient. Because if that's not because one of them were down, um, so yeah, like I went to Mangaweka today, which I've never done before, and charged there, knowing that if that was busy or it's failed, I then had the option of Thai Happy, and if that was an issue, I had the option of Waiuru. So yeah, just get it. That's a good point. Actually, I watched a video yesterday from the guy in Australia, the ludicrous YouTube channel he said he doesn't he doesn't have range anxiety but he has charger anxiety yep it is that that's what i have it, it's it's not that there won't be charges it's whether or not they'll be occupied or whether or not they'll be faulted you know so it's not and now that i've got the range but one thing that's really important because like, i know a lot of people like i know when i spoke to my boss about this he mentioned that you know you you end up stopping and spending more money uh you know at cafes and whatnot because you're having to stop and charge um, but my, my sort of reply to that one was, I still get to keep the lion's share of the savings, but yes, I do end up spending more locally and I would rather that money go to a local business on my way to wherever I'm going than to be taken offshore, sent to the Middle East or pretty much somewhere else. Some multi-billion dollar company does not need any more of my money, um, so I'm I'm happy to save some money and then give some of that back to local businesses and and I'm learning where the good cafes are between the places I go to and they're just becoming the stop you know like as soon as you get there you're like let's go you know they they got great coffee there so um it is it 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 is nice to uh, it's it's it doesn't feel so bad to spend that money when you're already saving it anyway so um that's a very and, and, point actually. To be honest, I still stopped. Even with petrol, I still stopped for a coffee. You'd stop to go to the toilet. And if you go to the toilet, you generally buy something just so that you're not, you know, you're not just going in for the sake of the toilet. Um, so you still end up coming out with $10, $15 worth of purchases. Um, but I don't think that's yeah, mandatory, though. It's not. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it's like I'm here. What the hell? I'll get a coffee or a Powerade or, you know, a bag of mints for the car. You know, you. I always generally buy something, so I still do that. Different, but... way, different way of looking at it as well, because depending on how you, how you travel, I've always been the person that gets from A to B as fast as possible. Like to me, yep. Google Maps is a challenge. You know, I want to beat that. And so then, then I I'd eat on the go. I'd never sit and eat or anything. I would just get out of the car, grab something, get in, and keep going. And to get your head around, actually, it's okay, and it's probably quite healthy for you to take a break and stretch and you know and you see things and places like Matthew was saying that you probably will go to places you wouldn't normally go and it's it's become a different way of traveling like now I know it's going to take a bit longer but it's probably better for me and I'm probably more alert as well and safer yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'd, I'd never stop I, I would be I'd be lucky if I stopped once between Dunedin and Christchurch because it was just a I want to get there as quick as possible um, you know, it wouldn't speed or anything, but it, it, it was as quick as possible. And, uh, now I, I don't mind the stop. It's nice to stretch legs and just relax for a moment. And even when the car's charging, you can still have it going, the air con going, you know, so it, it's, it's not like it's uncomfortable. You know, it's quite nice sitting there on a hot day with your coffee and just watching it tick up. It's probably good for the New Zealand driver because of what the heck. It's a, we need to just relax a little bit on the, on <laughs> the, the thing. And, and again, if you go slower, cause I had it going to, uh, on the weekend, I went to Karka Point, Nugget Point, uh, just a, a bush walk near Dunedin. 
Um, I was on a 100k road, but it was a beautiful area. There was no cars in front of me, behind me. So I slowed the car down to 75, set the cruise control and just enjoyed the trip. And my, my, the, the usage, the, the actual usage of the battery dropped quite a lot from the hundred down to 75. And, um, yeah, you know, God got there five minutes later, but, um, I used less power. I think it was quite a bit to about 30% less power or 25% less power. Um, and it was just, it was a more enjoyable ride. I didn't even have to slow down the corners because it was just perfect speed. That's interesting. You bring that up, Matthew, because my arriving at 2% thing, what, what I figured out is me driving on the Waikato Expressway at kilometers an hour, that time that I thought I'd gained, I lost A, in charging time and yeah. the charging curve, and B, I lost it because I had to, had to go down to 80 with aircon off to survive to get to the charge. And like I said, we've done that trip many times before and arrive at 20% of the battery. So there's, there is no benefit in trying to get somewhere as humanly fast as possible because it comes, comes back and haunts you. It's borrowing it from later in the day. Group. Um, maybe we'll just bring it back and maybe a summary on um, for a potential EV owner about how would you sort of sum up the Addo 3 in a, maybe a, a sentence or two to a potential potential buyer um, I, I think if someone's looking at an EV for, for what you get for the price and I know it's gone up since we bought the May Matthew about yeah, five grand yeah, but even at five grand, it it you get so much car for your money. Um, I yeah, I can't give an, a, a normal petrol car analogy, but you know what's the test? For, I think they they just done a reduction. So say it's about fifteen grand more now, if you take the price rise and the Tesla reduction in. I I, th I think I think an Atto's as good as a Tesla. It's not a Tesla, but the the tech and the kit and all that. I don't I don't think you can beat it myself that's it I, I couldn't justify the the, the fifteen thousand dollars or twenty thousand at the time extra for a tesla tesla has extra features but they're not worth 20 grand the ones that you get with the addo are they're the ones that i wanted they're the ones that i needed in the ev um the the things that it doesn't do uh that it just wasn't worth the 20 grand so uh if you're looking for a good reliable um uh, entry level sort of EV that is better than that MG equivalent because the MG is sort of the the other comparable, which is cheaper, but you just miss out on some of those features. So again, you know, you've got if you really want to go bare bones, cheap, basic, the MG is is still a is still a great vehicle, but the things you get on the Addo, I believe, are worth that that extra uh, extra price. Uh, by the battery chemistry alone means that. Battery health is not something you should ever worry about because you've got a long warranty on it. And outside of that, the technology says that 10 to 15 years is completely uh, expected, if not... A bear BYD, BYD is a battery company initially, so yeah. they're, they're, they stand behind. Interestingly, the first time, it's probably a couple of months ago, my wife looked in the window of a Tesla and because the auto... The Marmite bit about the Atto is the interior, right? People love it or hate it or learn to live with it, you know, whatever, because it is pretty different. But she looks inside the Tesla window and she's like, that is so sterile. Yeah. Like, it's too plain. Nothing. Like, no character to it at all. So, of course, I, I, 
pictures. I, I didn't like the Atto interior at first. My first impression was, that's weird. Um, you play a song at the, the bunker. <laughs> everyone does it, eh? Everyone does it. But yeah, they're all tuned. They all, the, you, can play, you can play smoke on the water. Um, and they're all tuned differently. Um, oh, shoot, shoot. Um, no, there's the Atto um, in New Zealand, the Atto 3 Chakion, which has a, um, a blacked out interior, so it's not much um, beige suede and burst of blue. There's still some blue in there, but if people get put off by the colours, they're sort of looking at the Chakion. I think yeah. it's about 10 grand more. Yeah, I saw that at the field days. Um, it was kind oh, of, yeah. yeah, it was very dark. I actually thought it was actually quite, almost too dark. But look, I'm still waiting for my bonnet protector. I've ordered one. Um, yeah, okay. I think that's uh, pretty much pretty good. I think that's all positives. Um, any final thoughts you wanted to share, Matthew? I'd say, I'd say if any on is, yeah, is kind of on the fence about an Atto and they've got time on their side and they're not too sure what to do and maybe it isn't 100% suiting their needs, still test drive one, but just hang on for a bit because the seal and the dolphin are coming out this year. So the seals are the sedan, which like looks a bit like a Gosfina, um a Model 3 and a Kia Stinger. And the Dolphin's a slightly smaller car, um, which well, no one knows for sure, but it might come in after a rebate around the 35 to 40 mark, which is going to bust things wide open. So still look at the brand, even if you don't like the Atto. That's a... Yeah, that's a good point. Because that styling's different inside as well, isn't it? On the Mustang's... Yeah. Any last one, Matthew? The um, no, did uh, I would suggest is actually give it a give it a drive, um, and just see what you think because even if it's not the car for you, it might just uh, get you thinking a bit more seriously about the EVs as a as a as an option going forward. And it's at a right time where the government and the industry is is giving you money to. To make that change so you can sort of jump on now and get quite a bit back off the uh, off the purchase so um you know failing the car being a complete failure in say a year or two um it, it, it should be a good investment but the good thing is it is protected by warranty so um that definitely and, and a new zealand warranty too like the the warranty here compared to australia um and the team behind the new zealand byd brand um, they, they, they seem great so far and that, that's, that's definitely helped. Um, they had a lot of great remarks. Talking of the team, we had like, it's, it's, under and off the brand manager for BYD, Warren Wilmot is very proactive and active on social media. Yeah, and it's right. like, yeah, I've just never known anything like it where you can say things or, or have opinions about the car and it actually gets fed back to the manufacturer. And it's taken into account. I think it's a breath of share, but the brand operating in that way, and it's all kudos to Warren. Okay, Matthew and uh, Neil, it's great. Thanks for your time. That was really uh, informative. It was great talking to Matthew and Neil, plenty of great Ano3 owner and general EV ownership insights. I'm planning on a lot more podcasts for this year, so if you'd like to listen, subscribing would be very helpful. And thank you again for listening.